Chapter Sixteen of Peggy Raymond's School Days, or Old Girls and New, by Harriet Lummis Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen, Victoria in Trouble. Victoria Wells had been in a nervous and irritable state ever since the Valentine party. Her overwrought mood showed itself in the simplest things. If she said good morning, her inflection betrayed resentment. There was hostility in her glance. A hysterical determination to insist on her full rights was suggested by the over-erectness of her carriage. Even to her teachers her manner was defiant, and Miss Leeton, a young woman with a quick temper, had sharply called her to task on more than one occasion for something bordering on impertinence. Blanche Estabrook looked on, smiling and occasionally exchanging congratulations with her fellow conspirators some day she told priscilla she will fly into a rage over nothing and leave school you see priscilla's manner did not indicate any enthusiasm at this prospect victoria looks nervous enough to fly to pieces she agreed i suppose that's why she always has such an air of having a chip on her shoulder she sighed as she finished priscilla had never been able to give her unqualified approval to blanche's undertaking and now that victoria seemed on the verge of nervous prostration the project had grown to appear fairly contemptible though priscilla had confined her efforts to such legitimate activities as helping peggy in her latin and drilling her on history dates as they walked to school she was not at ease for though she had never joined in any of the countless nicely calculated attempts to confuse victoria and make her recitations failures she had not thrown the weight of her influence against such endeavors priscilla's conscience was too well trained not to recognize that the sins of omission are as serious as any when about two minutes after her interview with blanche priscilla encountered victoria in the corridor she started guiltily and then threw unwonted cordiality into her greeting good morning victoria good morning returned victoria grudgingly and bestowed upon her classmate a glance of dark suspicion now priscilla combs is up to something her thoughts ran she never liked me all the years she's not had anything to do with me, and here all at once she's trying to be so dreadfully pleasant. Poor Victoria was all a quiver. When a girl starts the day in this frame of mind, disaster is certain. In the history class, Victoria suddenly stopped in the middle of her recitation and faced about, looking down into the surprised countenance of the girl who sat behind her with arms decorously folded. When Victoria executed a second evolution, she faced a teacher, also astonished. What is the matter victoria demanded miss leeton in a tone betraying the strain upon her patience i-i don't know victoria owned miserably she had felt an overwhelming certainty of something going on behind her back some soundless pantomime which had riveted the eyes of her classmates on her person they were all looking at me she faltered on the point of tears miss leeton's eyebrows elevated themselves alarmingly naturally she replied when you were supposed to be reciting you may continue anna if you are sure your nerves are equal to the strain of attention the class laughed with something more than the ordinary responsiveness to a teacher's witticisms laughed indeed till a smart tap of miss leeton's pencil indicated that she was more than satisfied with the extent of their appreciation and victoria sat down looking silently at her trembling hands and not hearing a word that was said when she came into the chemical laboratory a little before noon her pallor was noticeable, and her air of indifference to her surroundings suggested a sleepwalker. 
do look at victoria wells peggy whispered to marian o'neill i believe that girl's coming down with something she acts to me as if she were losing her mind marian returned lightly she had not been led into the secret of blanche's conspiracy for the reason that marian had the reputation of never being able to keep anything to herself but as she was a girl who instinctively did what she saw others doing she had rendered valuable assistance to the cause the chemistry laboratory was somewhat unpopular in the school because of the weird odors which at times diffused themselves throughout the building as a result of the experiments peggy enjoyed the work immensely because she liked to see things bubble and smoke and turn into something else before your eyes it was like a fairy story on a small scale peggy thought at the same time she suspected that her attitude was painfully childish for a high school senior and she tried to mask her enjoyment by the frequent use of such terms as carbohydrate and hydrosulfite which almost restored her grown-up feeling though not quite as peggy went to work she noticed the chemistry teacher standing at victoria's side apparently explaining something victoria had not distinguished herself in the chemistry class as she lacked the patient persistence essential for one who dabbles ever so little in the natural sciences the previous day all her experiments had been unsuccessful victoria had insisted that nothing acted as the book said it would the teacher was not unreasonably assumed that this was victoria's fault you must pay more pains victoria all you need is care and patience you really don't act interested miss wallace spoke rather peevishly she herself was an enthusiast in her work it was as difficult for her to imagine anyone uninterested in chemistry as it is for the mother of a brand-new baby to realize that some people may not be alive to the manifold perfection of her offspring she waited for victoria to deny the charge but victoria staring at the floor with sullen eyes said nothing she was wondering how it was possible for people to be interested in test-tubes and setting free choking gases with abominable odors all oh, silliness thought victoria resentfully just as silly as making mud pies but she held her peace and miss wallace's suspicions were never confirmed by this startling heresy it was a wasted hour as far as victoria was concerned she worked sullenly and indifferently the surest formula for making any kind of work a failure and as the end of the period approached victoria realized with alarm that she had been no more successful than on the previous day she did not care for mastering chemistry but she did care for high marks and miss wallace's dissatisfied expression told her what to expect on the score victoria seized the nearest bottle and poured a dark fluid into the test-tube then she added a yellowish powder from another bottle and held the end of the tube over the convenient gas-jet her expression indicated a determination to get results this time it had all happened in an instant though what happened no one knew for a moment there was screaming and running and a clamor of frightened voices peggy's attention centered on marian o'neill who looked up with a gasp and then dropped over against her shoulder peggy was so absorbed in her immediate responsibility that she failed to realize that marian's faintness was the result not the occasion of the excitement as she clasped the limp body and lowered it gently to the floor a vague wonder aroused her mind that any one was foolish enough to scream for marian was always fainting little by little she became aware that nobody was paying any attention to her patient and yet the confusion was increasing rather than diminishing she looked about her wildly and then saw victoria wells with her hands over her face and victoria was crying oh my eyes oh my eyes miss wallace was trying to quiet the distracted girl but most of the class were shuddering away covering their own faces some of them were colorless as if they too were on the point of fainting 
run to the office margaret gasped miss wallace as peggy darted forward get a taxi at once we must get her to the hospital peggy ran as she passed the clock she noticed that it was but three minutes to the lunch hour before she could return the electric bells would have rung all over the building and the girls would come pouring out of the classrooms to hear those frightful screams it was almost enough to start a panic if dr radford is in the office thought peggy taking a firm grip on her self-control he'll know what to do but no one was in the office but a stenographer a girl not much older than peggy herself who looked quite incapable of quelling an incipient panic peggy seized the telephone directory and whirled the leaves what did one look for when one wanted a taxicab it was peggy's first experience in ordering one of those convenient but expensive conveyances and she turned to taxicab without any certainty that she would find what she wanted and did x come before or after y her head was buzzing so that she could not settle even that simple point without starting at r and racing through the rest of the alphabet and it must be time for the bells to ring any instant now the bells would release the classes and the girls would come out to hear victoria's screams the taxicab number was under her finger peggy snatched the receiver from the hook what was the matter with the telephone girl was she asleep had she gone to luncheon that little pause before the operator said number please seemed to peggy long enough to permit every individual hair of her head to whiten oh she cried when the expected inquiry came give me north two three one one quick quick the connection was made promptly please send a cab to the girls high school cried peggy with the unreasonable loudness of intense excitement somebody's hurt and we want to send her to the hospital we'll have a cab there in three minutes said a reassuring voice and peggy started back to the laboratory on the run she had expected the corridors would be full of girls on her return as she reached the large clock from which wires ran to every room in the building her eyes went up to its face and involuntarily she uttered an exclamation of relief it was clear that she had been mistaken when she looked before for there were still ten minutes to spare then she saw Addie Dwight beside her. "'Is there anything I can do?' Addie asked, and Peggy felt a surprised sense of relief at the question. In a crisis when so many people turn unreliable, and nervous girls are likely to faint or indulge in hysterics, there is something consoling in hearing a question asked in a steady voice. A glance at Addie's face made it sufficiently clear that she would be a staunch support in the present emergency. "'Victoria Wells is hurt,' Peggy gasped she's got to go to the hospital and one of the girls fainted maybe there's more now come in and we'll see what is to be done the confusion in the chemical laboratory showed little signs of abating victoria was no longer screaming but her moans were almost as terrible and she still had her hands over her face over by the window marian was struggling back to consciousness peggy had an exasperated feeling that more should have been accomplished in her long absence she did not realize that she had been gone little over five minutes the taxi will be here right away miss wallace who's going with her i am stay with her margaret till i get my things and she must have wraps too i'll get them said addie and went on the word peggy put her arm about her suffering classmate in an agony of sympathy oh victoria oh poor victoria the hurt won't last long you know dear the doctors will do something she was not sure whether victoria even heard her comforting assurances for she continued to moan occasionally interrupting herself with sharp little cries of pain addie came back to say the taxicab was at the door and wrapping victoria's coat about her they supported her through the corridor and down the steps miss wallace looking very pale 
put her head out of the window of the cab for a last word call up her home margaret and break the news say that we have gone to the eye and ear hospital luckily there were several teachers in the office by now and peggy was able to depute this delicate task to one of them she had just finished her explanations when the electric bells began buzzing all over the building peggy reflected that if all one's life seemed as long in proportion as the last fifteen minutes by the time one reached twenty-one one would feel at least a thousand years old the girls marching down to the basement had an intuition of something wrong all along the line peggy heard inquiries who was it what was it what happened and then came exclamations of shocked sympathy her eyes will she be blind isn't it dreadful on ahead of her were two girls comparing watches i knew something was wrong one of them was saying for my watch keeps perfect time except when i forget to wind it those bells rang fifteen minutes late there cried peggy addressing nobody in particular i thought it was the strangest thing i could make such a mistake and as she spoke she became aware of Addie dwight at her elbow you mean the clock don't you Addie asked a little shamefacedly i did it i don't know what dr radford will say to me did what put it back fifteen minutes i saw that the girls were coming right down into that dreadful hubbub with victoria screaming and i didn't know what might happen so i put the clock back i hope it didn't hurt the works or anything why Addie, that was splendid peggy cried i was too excited to think of anything like that she caught sight of priscilla and ruth as she thought pushing toward her in the crowd oh girls she burst out just hear what Addie has done and then she came to a gasping pause as she looked from priscilla to genevieve alden priscilla did her best to act as if that abrupt halt were merely to give a chance for questions what has she done peggy explained doing full justice to Addie's presence of mind and her audience grew during the recital no one was particularly interested in the lunch hour or the lessons following the experienced teachers knew that the school might as well have been dismissed on the spot neither victoria nor Addie were popular girls yet their schoolmates listened breathlessly to the story of victoria's accident and Addie's quickness of wit i never would have thought of it peggy declared i didn't half know what i was about and that's the truth i left poor marian lying on the floor and i haven't even remembered to ask how she is feeling it's lucky somebody was more level-headed there was a little murmur of approval from the surrounding circle and Addie, very red in the face said it wasn't anything anyhow and the way peggy raymond was rushing around doing things for everybody it wasn't strange she forgot something and with that she made her escape it was not very long since Addie had told herself again and again that she did not care what the friendly terrace crowd thought of her and now though she had so brusquely disavowed all claim to praise peggy's enthusiastic tribute had warmed her heart to a glow end of chapter sixteen